God has a Mr. Beat in this last year, amen? I know it. There's so much things we've all missed in this last year. So many different events that we may have had, so many different occasions that we didn't mark in this last year, maybe birthdays or anniversaries and stuff like that. But can I tell you that God missed nothing in this last year? We've missed stuff. We've missed work. We've missed church. We've missed birthdays and anniversaries. But God didn't miss a beat, amen? God's promises, they are still solid for you and me, amen? He gave you promises years ago. He hasn't changed his mind. Amen? But what concerned me in this last year is how, how many Christians and many leaders in a lot of cases have allowed themselves in this past year during this pandemic to be deceived into believing that somehow God was behind this pandemic. He's not. Amen? God is not behind this pandemic. God is not bringing judgment onto the world. God is not causing, or he's not cursing, should I say, the land. God is not angry at you. He's not angry at me. Amen? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. God loves this world. Amen? And he loves it so much that he gave his only begotten son. He gave it his absolute best. He didn't give it his second best. He gave it his absolute best that whoever would believe in him, put their trust in him, would not perish, but would have everlasting life. God loves this world and everyone in it. And God proved his love for this world by giving this world his son, his beloved son, to become that perfect lamb for sacrifice, for your sins and my sins and for the sins of all of the world. God is not bringing judgment against this world. If he was, he would have to apologize to Jesus. You do realize that, don't you? That if God was judging the world today through this pandemic, he would have to turn to Jesus and say, sorry, son, what you did on the cross was not enough. That the world has gone so evil today, I didn't even think that the world could get this evil myself, so now I'm going to have to punish him. All of God's judgment, all of God's punishment for the sins of mankind, from the sins of Adam to the sins that we may have sinned this morning, were all poured out on Jesus. God cannot curse the earth. Amen? Even if he wanted to, he couldn't. Because Jesus would go, no, 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 Father. I paid the price for that sin. I paid the price for that. God is not cursing the earth. Amen? Amen. But this world, it does have a judge. Amen? does have an enemy, the devil. John 10.10 tells us that the thief or the enemy comes to kill and steal and destroy. And don't be mistaken that this pandemic is the work of the enemy. He's been at work in this past year, in this pandemic, because you can see killing and stealing and destroying people and their ways of life all around us. So when you see that kind of thing happening, I mean to tell you, don't be deceived into thinking that that's God, because that's not God. Jesus said, if you want to know God, then you look on the rest of the verse, he said that, that, that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen? Amen? 
I mean, you open up a magazine today and you flick through the pages of the magazine, you can recognize people in the magazine and you can recognize some people by their work. If you're into sports, you can recognize some sports players by how they play and you, you'll see, oh, that's a, that's a trademark David Beckham move or that's a trademark Ronnie O'Sullivan pot in snooker or, or whatever. When you look at stealing, killing, and destroying, that's the trademark of the enemy. But when you see life and life to its abundance, Jesus said, that's how you know my Father God. Because he comes to bring life. An abundant life. Life to the overflow. Amen? That's the trademark of our God. Not sickness, disease, and loss. I mean, sometimes I think we, we overcomplicate things. We overthink things. People have gone back and said, no, 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 God is cursing the earth. No, he's not. That's not the trademark of God. Simplify things. I love simple things. I'm a simple person. Amen? I don't overcomplicate anything. If it says it in black and white, I believe it. I don't have to go and find someplace else that might maybe contradict that or somebody else who has a different opinion. If it says it in black and white and red, I believe it. God's stamp is life. Amen? An abundant life. Life to the overflow. Amen? But that doesn't mean the hard times won't come. And I know for so many people this has been such a tough year. Such a hard year. We have missed out on so much in this last year. We've been isolated. We haven't been able to meet together physically as a church or meet with our friends or meet with our families, our parents. In many cases, we haven't been able to meet with them, to give them that love or that hug that we just want to give them. The Word of God says that, you know, that this is not the stamp of God, even though God sometimes will allow these things to come, but this is not God's stamp. Amen? The Word of God says it rains like it is today on the just and the unjust. So tough times will come. Just because you're a follower of God doesn't mean everything in the garden is going to be rosy all the time. Tough things will still come. But one thing that we have that the world doesn't have when the tough times come, and that is we've got God. Amen. Amen. We've got Jesus. Amen. When the tough time comes from the world, they don't know where to turn. They're like a spinning top. They keep spinning and spinning. Don't know where to turn. They fall for everything. But for us believers, when tough times come, we turn to the creator of the universe. We turn to God. Amen? God said through Jesus that he would never leave you or forsake you. God is not someone that's just willing to travel some of the distance of your life with you. He is willing to travel the complete distance of your life with you. He's there from the time you, you came out of your mother's womb to the time that you close your eyes for the last time. God is with you. Amen. He will never leave you on this journey. He'll never forsake you. The journey will never get too long or too far away or the journey will never get too complicated or too difficult for our God. Amen. Yes, we go through tough times, but God is right there with us through the tough times. Amen. Amen. In this last year, we as a family, we spend more time together than we've ever done. And we always spend time together. And I know that's true for you families as well. But even in all of that, 
when you spend that time with your family, with your husband and your wife and your kids, God has been right there with you. Amen? Everywhere you go, God goes. God will never leave you. No matter what you go through, God is with you. He's on your side, amen? I know in families that have spent so much time together in the last year, there's been conflicts and arguments and disputes. Amen? But even in all of that, God is still on your side. Amen? Even when you've thought difficult things or said wrong things, God's still with you. Still on your side. Still encouraging you. Still bringing you forward. Amen? Over in the book of Daniel, we read of a time where the children of Israel were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. Now this happened because the children of Israel continued to disobey God's law. God had told them, you are to give the land a Sabbath every seven years. Children of Israel didn't. They didn't. And they didn't for so long that the land was owed 70 years of Sabbaths. So God allowed the Babylonians to come in and capture the Israelites and take them into captivity in Babylonia. Babylon. <laughs> Amen? And in the book of Daniel, we have an absolute amazing story that how right there in the middle of that trouble that God is with you. In Babylon, God raised up four young men that found favor with the king. And they became leaders in Babylon. Were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these young men were faithful to their God. They didn't allow themselves to be tempted or drawn away by the gods of Babylon. One day, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was a narcissist of the highest order. He, as we would say here in Wexford, he had shares in himself. He loved himself. And one day he got this great idea. I'm going to get someone to build a massive big statue of me. And he loved this statue so much that he set it up right there in the middle of the, the city or whatever. And, and he said, you know what? At the sound of the trumpet, everybody in my kingdom are to fall down and worship my image. And he said, anybody who doesn't fall down and worship my image, they are to be thrown into a big fiery furnace. Now this was a huge problem for the children of Israel. And especially for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they followed after and they trusted in the God of the Hebrews, our God. So when the order came to their ears and when they heard the trumpet blow, they wouldn't bow down to the idol. They said, no, we follow the real God. So, word came to the king. O king, how great you are. When your trumpet blew the other day, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow down to you. They didn't worship you. And the king blew his top. He wasn't pleased. He, he, was, he, he was annoyed. And he summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought to him to answer for their actions. And we take it up in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is the New Century Version, answered the king, saying, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves to you. 
If you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from this furnace. He will save us from your power, O king, but even if God does not save us, we want you, O king, to know this. We will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Now can you picture the scene? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before the king, accused of ignoring the king's orders. Now they could have put up an argument, couldn't they? They could have said, hey, king, sorry, you, you brought us here. We're Hebrews. We're Israelites. You knew that when you brought us here. You knew we worshipped our God when you brought us here. So you knew by setting up this gold image was going to be problematic for us. So, oh, great king, this is unjust. This is unfair. You're judging us by your law, but you brought us here. We're, we're guests here. They could have argued with the king. They could have argued the unfairness of the law and how it was against their human rights to have to worship this golden image. They could have put up an argument and a complaint to the king saying that they were being singled out, they were being discriminated against, and they had a right to obey the king's law. But they didn't. They just said, if you throw us into this fire, God will save us. In this last year, we have been through a fire, haven't we? We have been told and asked as believers not to do the things that come naturally to us. Amen? We've been told that we can't up until now, that we couldn't gather together as a church. I mean, in the last 15 months, I think we've been in church maybe four months. That's unnatural for us believers. We've been told now that when we do gather together that we have to wear face masks. We can't sing in our churches. Worship is not to be had in our churches. I mean, that's asking a fish not to swim. Amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told that they weren't to worship their God. They were to worship the, God, the, the, the image of Nebuchadnezzar. And they said they couldn't do it. But they didn't argue before the king. And I think that the greatest testimony for us believers coming out of all of these things that we've been asked not to do is for us to say, we didn't put up an argument. We didn't put up a fight. We just did what we were asked to do. We were trusted that our God was in control. Amen? You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a great argument. They could have argued all day long, and they would have been right. Do you think that that would have saved them from the furnace? No. Amen? No. But let's read on. we find out what happens. Verse 19. So this annoyed the king even more, and he ordered that the furnace be heated seven times hotter. And he commanded some of their strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Verse 21, So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were tied up and thrown into the blazing furnace, still wearing their clothes, and the furnace was so hot that it killed the strong soldiers who threw them in. So here we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
and they're, they're now tied up and they're thrown into this furnace because they wouldn't worship this false god. It's so unfair, isn't it? Such discrimination. Amen? They're being discriminated against because of their beliefs. They believed in the one true God. But isn't it amazing that faced with this unjust punishment for obeying their God, that now one of the three men opened their mouths to complain. Amen. They didn't open their mouths to complain. Not a word out of them. None of them argued with the king or with the soldiers carrying out their orders. They allowed themselves to be judged and sentenced, knowing that if God is on their side, then they have no need to argue and protest. Amen? Or set up a Facebook page to highlight their cause. If God is on your side, you have no need to argue or complain. Amen? If God is on your side, and even though the law might be unjust or discriminatory towards you as a Christian, you have no need to complain. You have no need to give out. Because who wins at the end of the day? You do. Amen. Because you're trusting God. And he always wins. The only time that we as believers lose is when we take our eyes off of God. Amen. And we start to think that, oh, I'm being discriminated against because I'm a Christian. You weren't discriminated against for being a Christian in this last year. Amen. And if you think that you were discriminated against for being a Christian in this last year, I challenge you to live in Saudi Arabia or live in Burma or China or parts of India or Pakistan or other parts of the world where Christians really are discriminated against, where Christians really are being tormented and punished for being Christians. Amen? We had a little pandemic in this last year. And we were told we had to stay at home. We could only do church online. Of course, you can't do church online. I believe that Christians in China would love to be told that they could do church online. I believe Christians in Burma and Christians in, in, in other places around the world where they're being persecuted would love to be told that they could do church online without any fear of reprisals. Amen? But any little bit of, of persecution, inverted commas, comes on the people of, of the Western world and any little bit of disturbance in the way that we do our churches, we think we're being persecuted. I wasn't persecuted in the last year, nor neither were you. Amen. You were discomfort. Is that a word? Discomforted. <laughs> You were discomforted in the last year. Amen. You were told that you could have to do church in your pajamas, at your kitchen table, with your tea or your coffee beside you. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could have given out to the king. They could have said, this is wrong, king. You are discriminating against us. You're telling us to do something that's contrary to our beliefs. But they didn't. 
they allowed themselves to be thrown to the fiery furnace and they said, God is with us. He will rescue us out of this fiery furnace. God is on our side. They knew that if God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, there's so many Christians in this country and around the world living in the free Western world thinks that, that if God is for them, that other people can be against them. That the government can be against them or the police forces can be against them. My Bible reads, if God is for you, it says, who can be against you? Because, why? God is in control. Amen? Nothing is going to happen between today and the day we all go home to be with God that God hasn't ordained or allowed or doesn't know is going to happen. Do you know that? Nobody pulls the wool over God's eyes. Amen. Anyway, on with the story. Verse 23. And three men, and, the tre and these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and a fourth looks like the son of the gods. Or some version says the son of God. Now you have to give Nebuchadnezzar a little bit of slack here because he didn't know God, amen? So he just saw this image in the furnace that looked like a god, and, and we know today that it was God, amen, in the furnace there with him. He jumped to his feet and said, why if we threw three people in there, do I see four people in there? And why does the fourth one look like the son of God? Isn't it amazing that this same fire that killed those soldiers who threw them into the fire had absolutely no effect on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? It only burnt off their, their ropes that was tying them up. Now, I don't know how this story applies to you today. I don't know what you've gone through in this past year. You may feel like that you're in the fire today, but the good news is that you're not in there on your own. The fourth man, the Son of God, he is in the fire with you. Amen. He is surrounding you. He is protecting you. Amen. You know, there's no account in the Word of God where it says that anybody else could see the fourth man apart from those on the outside looking in. We don't know whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could see the fourth man or not. It doesn't say that they could. But they trusted in what they couldn't see. Amen? Have we trusted in what we couldn't see in this last year? The fourth man. He was with us. He was with us when we couldn't come to church. He was with us as we sat at our kitchen tables doing church in our pajamas. He was still with us. Whether we could see him or not, whether we could feel him or not, he was with us. Amen? Everywhere you go, if you trust in him, the fourth man, the Son of God, is with you. Amen? I don't know. It doesn't say whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could see him or not. But those on the outside could. And if we as believers, when we go through persecution as it, as it is, and we react in the right way, 
we might, might not see the fourth man there beside us, but the ones on the outside can. Amen? If we react like believers are meant to react, and say, you know what, if this is what the government says we need to do to stay safe, then I'll wear two face masks. Amen? If we react the right way and say, you know, regardless of whether I wear a face mask in church or not, God still hears me. Amen? Our face masks are not God's kryptonite. Amen? He can hear through a face mask. So many people believe that, well, if I have a face mask on me, God can't hear me. He heard Jonah in the belly of a whale. Amen? He'll hear you through a face mask. Amen? If we react the way we're meant to react, the same as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, people on the outside will see the fourth man with you. They'll see God is with you. But if we complain like scalded children, if we go around, like as we say, slap babbies, going on doing saying that we can't do this or we can't do that. We have to wear a face mask. We can't hug. We can't shake hands. Do you know what people on the outside see? They see a bunch of whingers and complainers. Amen. And you know what whingers and complainers are? They are not attractive. Amen. They are not attractive. They will not see the fourth man with you if all you do is spend your time complaining. Amen. Praise God. What Nebuchadnezzar didn't realize was that the creator of the fire has the last word. Amen? Our God is actively using the things that the enemy brings to destroy us to bless us and advance us. If we allow him. Amen? We've got to allow him. Because God will have his way. Amen? He will have his way. we got to get with the program. Amen? You often see, and I've seen it many times, maybe some of you have done it. You have a child who doesn't want to go with you, who doesn't want to go to the shop, or doesn't want to go maybe to church. But you say to that child, you're going whether you walk or whether you're being dragged, you're going. And I've seen too many children being dragged. Amen? But do you know what? They go. Amen? They end up where their parents said they're going. Amen? God will use the things that the enemy is trying to destroy you with. The things that the enemy is trying to destroy the church with to advance you and to advance the church in this day. Amen. Verse 26 says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out here. You see what happened there? Before Nebuchadnezzar threw the three guys into the fire, he thought he was God. Amen. He thought he was to be worshipped. But when he saw the fourth man rescuing the three guys in the fire, he recognized that he wasn't the one to be worshipped. He recognized that the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was the holy God, was the God, 
the most high God. And he was the God to be worshipped. Church, we're, we will go through stuff. You will go through stuff. We will all go through stuff. Not just with this pandemic, but with other stuff, we'll go through it too. But we all have to decide before we go through it, how are we going to react? Are we going to react in a way that enables our God to work on our behalf? Or are we going to react in a way that inhibits our God? So many believers in this last year tied God's hands behind his back. Not that God wasn't willing or able to work on their behalf. It's that they didn't allow him because they were fighting the wrong enemy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could have given out. They could have complained. They had a right. Amen? But they didn't. They chose to trust in the Almighty God. And he rescued them. And if we choose at this time and these days going forward to trust in the Almighty God, our God, God will rescue us from everything that the enemy is trying to throw against us. Not only rescue us, he'll advance us and he'll promote us and he'll take us to this place where he has designed for us to be. Amen?